So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, may all of our days bring glory to your name. May our homes bring glory to your name. May the fathers who are in this place, the grandfathers, the great-grandfathers who are in this place, may, our, may the men who call upon your name bring glory to your name. To the mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers, may, may, they, may they glorify your name. May the homes of this church count for the glory of God and for the advance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We come before you today, Lord, with all kinds of burdens that we bring to this place, as Brother Steve has said. And we, we bring our divided, double-mindedness to you now. We ask that you might help us at this moment to bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Here's all of our thoughts, Lord. As, as a group, you know what's in our minds right now as we stand here. We, you know. You know the worries and the fears and the burdens we have. You know the joys that we have. And all the various desires and cares of this world. We bring them all now to you. May you by your Holy Spirit help us to understand your word today clearly as we think about our families and our responsibilities as fathers and mothers. As grandmothers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers and great-grandmothers. May we, may we truly take to heart what it is that you want to say to us about our family. And do our part whatever it is in our family life. May Jesus be glorified and may you teach us your word today. And we thank you for the sweet spirit that we have in this place of honoring and glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ, who through him alone we have salvation and grace and mercy and life eternal and joy in the midst of all the pain and sorrow of life. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. What a good day it is for us to be able to be together today and call today today. May today we hear your voice and not harden our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. God bless you. You may be seated. Good morning. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest, we're so glad you're here. All the boys and girls who are here. I saw several of our boys and girls who were bringing their Bibles to church. Yay. Hooray. Hooray. I'm so glad. Pastor Mike, so glad, boys and girls, that you're bringing your copy of God's Word and I want you all to take your Bibles along with your moms and dads, grandparents, parents, everybody who's here, and find your place in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament is where we'll be looking today. Paul is finishing up his words, this great letter of Paul the Apostle to the church at Ephesus. That's why it's called Ephesians. He said some great things about salvation in Jesus Christ. He's talked about the wonderful union we have with Him, and all these many, many things. But then He comes in chapter 6 to talk about family matters, and that's what we're doing these days. If you're a guest with us, you've never been here before. Uh, these days, uh, the theme that I'm talking about has to do with living and being families of godliness. This is the second week I've called our church and the families of our church to come together. I'm going to repeatedly do that over the next uh, number of weeks. So you're here and I'm speaking today to the family leaders who are present in this building of the various families that make up First Baptist Church Dixon. My, I have a great burden for what I'm saying to you. I've spent a long time trying to prepare my comments. I'll do the best I can to share them as clearly as I can. And I hope that you'll be encouraged by them and also challenged by them. 
whatever God has to say to you. Uh, so we uh, talked last week in uh, Joshua chapter 24, uh, 21, 24. Joshua, this old man of God, says to the nation of Israel, I stood and said to you myself as best I can, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is my commitment to this church as your pastor, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As a father and as a grandfather, that's what I seek to do. So today I'm challenging you to think about your own families and perhaps you have been willing to say, as I asked you to consider last week, as saying as a family, as for me and my family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I hope you've done that. So now we come to the heart of that. So what does it mean to serve the Lord? Now, please stay with me. These words are important. I'm not just delaying. All of this matters very much to me and what I'm trying to explain to you. So what does it mean, Pastor Mike, as for me and my house to serve the Lord? Well, there are a lot of things that we could talk about, but my focus, my focus in this entire set of uh, talks or whatever you call these things I'm doing as I speak to you has to do with the care, the care of your children's souls. That's what I'm talking about. There are lots of things we could talk about about home life. There are lots of things we could talk about about your responsibility as a wife or a husband and all the rest. And, but I'm talking in these days and in the days ahead, and this will be my continued topic. I'm talking to you about the care for the souls of your children, the cares of the souls of your grandchildren, the cares of the souls of your great-grandchildren. And that should matter to every godly parent, godly grandparent, or godly great-grandparent in this room. In fact, it ought to be your greatest concern and your greatest desire. That's what I'll be talking about. I'm also going to begin each time by reminding you generally, I'm stating these over and over, <clears throat> Uh, week by week, I'm repeating them. And those of you who are joining us, God bless you. I'm glad you're with us. If you can't be with us, wish you were here. But I know many do join us and, you, and I hear from you and I pray for you. May the Lord bless you. Uh, and I hope that you receive a blessing from what we say. We love you and we're glad that you've joined First Baptist Church wherever you are. And I know you're many places. I'm going to repeat these uh, first statements every week because I want to, uh, again, remind you of what the Word of God has to say about the family. <clears throat> I'll read them to you, but I'll repeat them. Someone said to me last week, Pastor, am I going to repeat that every week? Yes, I'm old, number one. Old people always repeat themselves. Number two, you need to hear it even if you're not old every week. And number three, not everybody's here every week. So I want to make sure that everyone's heard it. I think I've covered all my bases there. Number one, God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. Not the government. Oh, not the government. Not even the church. The family. God has ordained the family as the foundational institution of human society. Secondly, marriage. We've got to make this clear in our day and time. Apparently, this has been confused. I, I don't know how. Marriage is the uniting of one man, male, and one woman, female, 
in covenant relationship for life. And that's it. Children, from the moment of conception, are a blessing and heritage from the Lord. Children from the moment of conception. They are children from the moment of conception. They are children from the moment of conception. They are children from the moment of conception. Are a blessing and heritage from the Lord. Now, if we believe that, the rest of what I'm about to say becomes important. Parents. Therefore, of these children who are children from the moment of conception are to teach their children spiritual and moral values. Parents are to lead their children through a consistent lifestyle of godliness. Parents are to lovingly discipline their children, as we'll talk about today. And parents are to help their children make choices based on God's truth. So today we read from Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse number 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Boys and girls, listen to what the Bible says. Listen to what God's Word says now to you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Boys and girls, students, honor your father and mother. You obey them and then you honor them. Boys and girls, students, which is the first commandment with a promise. <clears throat> Here's the promise. As we obey and honor our father and mother, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. But then we come to our focus today, verse number four. This one verse will be our entire focus for my entire time. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I'll read it again. Ephesians 6, 4. I've called the families of this church together. Hear the word of God. This is our focus today in our family meeting. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Heavenly Father, now... Bless the reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Did you know that uh, God has designed that gospel truths are first shared by parents? Our focal truth is this. Parents must nurture their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. So I'm speaking to all of our parents who are here today, and I'm particularly going to speak to our fathers, grandfathers, and great-grandfathers who are here. It's your day. It's your opportunity in church to show up. So I have some things that we'll look at today. And fathers, godly fathers, I'll start it there. Godly fathers must nurture their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. Godly mothers must nurture their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. Godly Fathers and mothers will nurture their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. This becomes critical. This becomes pivotal. For all of us who hold high in a world that holds low the value of children, 
For a world that does not understand in their darkness and their cluttered wicked minds the truth of God's Word about what it means to be a godly family, a family as God designed it. You see, God has ordained, God has set in place from the beginning of the law of God all the way through the gospel truths. And now Paul giving it to us here in Ephesians 6, <clears throat> just like we'll see later, was, was given in Deuteronomy 6 to the children of Israel that we have as godly families the responsibility as parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents to share gospel truths, to train in gospel truths our children, grandchildren, and children's children. So why has God designed it this way? Well, you'll see in just a moment. But before we get to this, let me ask you this other question. This is the question of the hour. This is the question that I'm burdened with. This is the question I ask every one of you as parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. I hope the question will linger with you and you'll keep it in your mind. When was the last time that you thought about the spiritual condition of your child? Oh, we think about a lot, don't we? They've got to certainly have the latest clothes. What would, we, what would all the other kids and parents think, right? We've got to make sure that they have all the opportunities to play ball and to do music and to do these activities. We must do that because we want them to have all these activities. We're very concerned about the things we should, about what they wear, what they eat, and how they sleep, and all those things are important. We're, care we're concerned about right, their safety in the car, and we're concerned about uh, the, the influences around them. But when was the last time I asked you about your portrait last week? Of your family. Whatever, you, whatever that portrait may be. It may hang on your wall. It might be on your cell phone. When you open it up. Or your computer. There it is. There's that portrait. Bring it back to your mind. Draw it up. There's everybody standing. They're probably like our family. In matching shirts. There they are. There they are. Do you see them in your mind? Young and old alike. Do you see them? Parents. Do you see them frozen in time when that portrait was taken? Do you grandparents see them? Do you great-grandparents see them? They're all around your house. I have them all in my office. I have them everywhere. Pictures of your family. Do you see them? When was the last time you paused in all of your concern about your family to consider the spiritual condition of your children, grandchildren, or children's children? Well, that's why we come to Ephesians 6. This is the foundation for us. And I have three observations that we'll make and I'll elaborate on. First of all, godly parents lovingly nurture. And I've highlighted the sections that I want you to see that influence and, and give you an understanding of Ephesians 6, 4. Godly parents lovingly nurture. And the word nurture is used, especially it's important and I'll elaborate Godly parents lovingly nurture their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. Number two, godly parents, please notice, carefully train. Carefully train their children in the ways of the Lord. Number three, godly parents diligently instruct their children in the Word of God. 
Godly parents lovingly nurture their children in the training and instruction of the Lord. Grandparents and great-grandparents, we join in in support of the parents. Godly parents carefully train their children in the ways of the Lord. Godly grandparents and great-grandparents, we join in in supporting them in this process. Godly parents diligently instruct their children in the Word of God. And godly grandparents and godly great-grandparents support them in this task. Let's get to it. You see, this is the first principle of what it means to care for your children's souls. So, Pastor Mike, how do we do this? As for me and my house, if I'm going to be a family of godliness, what must I do? You must care for the children's soul. This must become your first priority, not the last. The first thing that matters to you when your feet hit the ground is the concern of your child's soul. The last thing when you go to bed at night is the concern for their soul. This must become, this is your task, parents, and especially of fathers. What do we see here? Fathers, head of the household, fathers, the ones who lead their families, fathers in this room. I count myself as a father. I say these words to myself, not just to you other fathers. I speak to the men of God in this room who are fathers. Some of you also like me, grandfathers. Some in this room as fathers, grandfathers, and great-grandfathers. I speak to the men of God in this room. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. This Greek word for provoke is a word that means to stir up, to exasperate, to anger, to agitate, to the result of anger, to agitate, to aggravate, to exasperate. All of these words I'm using happen in families all the time. And for some in this room, sadly, perhaps, and those who are listening to me out there somewhere, Sadly, there is anger in your family and there's anger between fathers and their children. And it comes from a lot lot of reasons. Parallel passage is Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. The same word here. It's a Greek word that means to be disheartened or broken in spirit. You can break your kids down. You can. You can push them to anger. And there are many ways you can do it. You can use harsh words, somehow thinking that's going to help them really pay attention. You can ignore them. You can avoid them. You can treat them without respect. You can show love to everybody else and show no love to them. You can have time for everybody else and have no time for them. Or you can, as I'm going to give you an example, do what... A man of God knew better, but he did anyway. In the Old Testament, I won't have you turn there for the sake of time, but in Genesis 37, we read these words, Genesis 37, 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all the other sons. What? This is Israel. This is Jacob, a man changed by God. I read it to you again. It's shocking to read. Genesis 37, 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all the other sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made Joseph a multicolored tunic. And his brothers saw that their fa- his brothers saw 
that their father loved Joseph more than the other brothers, so they hated him and could not speak to their brother on friendly terms. And I submit to you, they were angry with their father. How do I know that? Well, because when they sold their brother, Joseph got rid of him as he pranced around in his multicolored tunic in front of them, rubbed it in their face every day that he was the favorite. They got rid of him, sold him off to the slave traders. And we know that they had anger and hatred toward their father because they came in and lied to their father about what, they, what had really happened to their brother and stood there and watched him in his sadness. That's what angry kids can do to their parents. Not only that, they pretended to encourage him in his sorrow. Lying and hypocrisy. Oh, Dad, we really care. We're sad too. And they're the very ones who got rid of Joseph. And they kept the secret and never told him. Until the end of his life, in the last of his days, he discovered it. In a wonderful God-ordained way. I'm asking you this morning if you can hear my voice. Is there, fathers, have you provoked your children to anger? You see, if you just try to preach God to them, that's not going to do the job. If you just try to force your faith on them, it's not going to do the job when they see your life. Do not provoke them to anger in the training and instruction of the Lord. You care about your child's soul, don't make them angry. Bring them up, it says. But bring them up. What is this word? It's a great word. Ektrefo. It means to nourish to maturity. It's a word that means to go out from. Trefo. To nourish. To nourish out. To nourish up. That's why it's read. It reads, bring them up. It's a good English way to describe this Greek word. Not to bore you, but this word is a verb in uh, the Greek language. Boys and girls, when you go to school, listen to your grammar teachers. You need to learn what verbs are, nouns are, adjectives, prepositions. It's very important. When you know your English language, you can read your Bible better. This word is a word that has to do with Nourishment, it is a word that talks about nourishing to maturity. It is this word to bring them up. Bring them up. And it's an imperative. It's called in the Greek language a present imperative. That means it goes on. So I'll say it this way in an annoying way so you get it. Bring them up. Bring them up. Bring them up. Bring them up when they're infants. Bring them up when they're children. Bring them up when they're in secondary school. Bring them up when they're young adults. Bring them up. Bring them up. Bring them up. It never stops. It is the responsibility. If you care for the soul of your children, your responsibility, your duty, fathers, is to bring them up. Look, don't, don't say, don't, this is, listen to Pastor Mike. Keep bringing them up in the instruction, the training of the Lord. Don't go on autopilot. Many of your children may start well. Who's to say they'll finish well? Oh, they're good. They're good for now. Bring them up, bring them up, bring them up. Fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers. This is your imperative. If you care for your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, bring them up and keep bringing them up. 
You nurture your children as uniquely given by God. Grow to maturity those that have been given to you. Oh, that precious, precious experience of being in the delivery room. Of being there when that wonderful, blessed child is born into your family. Whatever one it is, however many there are, they are all unique in the sight of God, made in their own unique way, just like you are, just like I am. Every one of us, nurture your children, remembering that they're born sinners and they need a Savior in the Lord Jesus Christ. Patiently, lovingly mature them, grow them up, bring them up, nurture them. This is the word Paul's saying here. I was laughing, I was talking with some of our young men in a Bible study, most of these men are you know, 30s and 40s. We were talking about an ancient heresy in the church that believed that everyone's born into the world perfect. And they all started laughing. I said, why are you all laughing? And they said, well, apparently that guy didn't have any kids. <laughs> born sinners. They may have a bow on their head. Born sinners. You can paint the toes of a pig and put a bow on it, but the pig goes back to the mud. Sinners, sinners, bring them up. Paul said it uh, in his way, talking about spiritual parenting, which goes on in the church, which is the obligation of pastors and others to do here. We prove to be gentle among you as nursing mothers tenderly care for their own children. Just as you know, we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each of you. As a father would his own children. That's it. It's the beautiful nourish, nourishing that goes on with mother and father. That's, the way God, that's why God designed marriage with a father and a mother. That's why he's put it together for godly fathers and mothers. But today I speak first of all to fathers. If you've made your children angry, you've provoked them. First, you must deal with your relationship with your children and its brokenness. Godly parents lovingly nurture. Not harshly nurture. Not hurry up and do it because I got other things to do. I don't know if anybody told you this, but when you had a child, your child now is your, is your world. I just can't wait for these kids to be gone. They're never gone. They're never gone. They're always there. And no matter when you change the locks, they come back. They find you. They're never gone. It's God's design. We're together for life with our children. Honey, let's go to Florida. They'll find you there. You can't get away from them. Why would you want to? Unless you fail to do your task with them. Fathers, speaking to you all today. I'm one with you. Fathers, your children may be walking with God today and all is well. Bring them up. Fathers, your kids may be way away from God. Bring them up. So godly parents lovingly nurture their children. And this is, this, this is just the priority. Now we go to the two aspects of doing this. What is it we do to care for our children's souls? Well, we, as we first see here, lovingly nurture them. That's, by the way, is that the environment of your home? Is your home a lovingly nurturing place? Or do your kids, can they not wait to get out of there? 
and away from you. Even if you come and sing praise to God and teach the Word of God and all the rest, they can't wait to get away from you. That's a signal to you. Godly parents carefully train their children in the ways of God. This is a great word here. He says, bring them up in the discipline. Uh, this is the New American Standard reading, but actually the word I, I really believe is better translated training. It is training. It's a word that padia is the Greek word. It's a word we get a fancy word called pedagogy. All of our educators in here learn about pedagogy. It is the practice, it is the routine and the training methods of education. I didn't make a slide for this, but when you talk about childhood training, when you talk about training children, it has about six elements. I'm just going to read these off rapidly. I don't have the time to develop them. But it has to do with the instruction of the mind. Number two, the shaping of the character. Number three, the bending of the will. Number four, the awakening of the conscience. Number five, the enriching of their soul. And number six, the building of their body. I'll say them again. You see, the elements of training, the elements of caring for your child's soul have to do, number one, instructing their mind. Well, I thought they did that at school. No, fathers, you start this job. You start this job. Instruct them in their mind. Shape their character. Bend their will. Oh, that means this is bad news. Your kids don't get to do what they want. Doggone it. They have to have rules. They have to obey the rules. That's why the first verse here is children obey. If you don't give them anything to obey, how can they obey? It is the bending of the will. It is the awakening of the conscience. You see, the blessed thing about the Lord is when, he, when we're born into this world, we all have a conscience. And our conscience is built in, though it's not informed in the Word of God until we teach our children. They know right from wrong. They know it quickly because they have a conscience. Awaken their conscience to let them know this is wrong, this is right. Enriching their soul. Do you know how to enrich the soul of your child? In spiritual things? And building their body. Well, you see, we train in word and by example. Paul reminded Timothy from childhood, you've known the sacred scriptures. And there are many of us in this room, and I count myself as one of them to be blessed, that from childhood I knew the sacred scriptures. People placed them in front of me. My family taught them to me. And my teachers taught them to me at church. Thank God. Praise God for that. And many of you in this world, in this room, ought to stand up and thank God for that and get on your knees every day that somebody cared enough about your soul to teach you the Word of God. Deuteronomy 6 is the other famous passage. Today I have to set this groundwork. If I don't set this groundwork in what I'm saying to you today, we can't get on with the other things that, of how it looks to care about your child's soul. I have to do this. So we carefully train them in these ways. We teach them the way of salvation in Jesus Christ because we have followed the Lord ourselves. Fathers, are you saved? Do you follow God? Are you a godly man? Or do you just send them up to the church house? You put mother in charge of that. Wife in charge of that. Grandma, grandma and grandpa in charge of that. No, stand up for yourself, Father. Are you a man of God or are you not? Are you going to walk with God or are you not? Are you going to live before your children righteously or ungodly? What will it be, fathers? 
Show them the way. Show them the way of following Jesus Christ. Show them what it means to pray. Have they ever seen you pray? Show them what it means to worship God, to go to the Word of God. Show them what it means. You see, then we read these wonderful words about carefully training. It's the method in which we live. It is a training that goes on from the beginning to the end. Bring them up. Bring them up and have a training plan, a spiritual training plan for your children. Talk with your wife, fathers. That would be a good thing. And work out the plan so that you know what you must do. Grandparents, choose what you will do to support. They're going, if you're a grandparent, the kids are going to show up at your house. What will you do? Just turn on baby bum? Or play a game? How about talk about the things of God? How about letting, some of you don't know what baby bum is. I've had training recently in baby bum. Go Google it. You'll find out what it is. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says something about how we diligently instruct our children. This is the last thing. Diligently instruct your children in the Word of God. How does it read? You shall fathers, 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 fathers. Pastor Mike, I got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. So do I. Step up to your spiritual responsibility. It never ends. You have children, you have grandchildren, you have great-grandchildren. You got, you got skin in the game. Deuteronomy 6-7 is our anchor verse from the Old Testament. Fathers, teach them diligently to your sons. And talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. So we teach our children the warnings, commands, and direction of God's Word. If you don't know God's Word, fathers, how can you teach them God's Word? Teach your children God's Word in the daily routines of life. I know this is going to... I'm not trying to be offensive, but what do your kids hear at the house? Out of your mouth, fathers. They hear you talk about God. They hear you talk about spiritual things. They hear you talk about the enrichment of God's Word and sharing the gospel. What do they hear at the house? By the way, little ears hear lots of things. And when they get older, their ears are big, but they still hear it. What do they hear, fathers, out of your mouths? Always negative, always something about somebody, always... You sit at your house and you talk about it. You walk by the way. Well, they were walking in their day, but we ride in a car. What goes on in the car? Do you talk to your children in the daily routines of life? When you go to bed, what? Talk about the Lord. Talk about the Lord Jesus and the greatness of God. Speak of them of the words of God at night when they go to bed. When they're afraid, talk to them about Jesus. When they don't know what to do, when they're cl when your kids go to bed, do you ever just go in there and see how they're doing? You know, when you go to bed sometimes, don't you have things on your mind? Oh, newsflash, so do your kids. Why don't you go see about them? When you get up in the morning, talk to your children about the things of God. I read to you from 
Psalm 78 uh, just for a moment as we finish because this teaches us about this matter of teaching the Word of God. I'll have more to say about this in the days ahead. But I read to you from Psalm 78, one of the saddest psalms in all the Word of God. It is a, it is a long psalm that describes the continued ungodliness, unfaithfulness of the nation of Israel. We saw it last week. Joshua knew that the fathers and their families would not obey God, even though they said they would. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Psalm 78 is uh, Asaph's uh, so psalm about the continued disobedience of the children of Israel. But there is in it this great, great thing. I want you to hear this now. Did you know that as you teach... Listen now. Did you know that as you teach your children and instruct them in the Word of God, you are influencing generations not yet born into your family? This is so important. Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. This is Psalm 78, beginning in verse 3. Which we heard... And have been known to us by our fathers who told us. We will not conceal them from their children. But tell to the next generation to come the praises of the Lord. And His strength and His wondrous works that He has done. For He has established a testimony in Jacob. And appointed a law in Israel. Which He commanded our fathers... Our fathers, He commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children. That the generation to come might know even the children yet to be born. That they may arise and tell them to their children, another generation yet to be born. That they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Godly parents diligently instruct from the earliest of life all the way through until the children are mature even with their own children. We continue our task. We speak of them, of God's words, His commands, His directions. We teach them in all the routines of life and instruct them in order that children's children's children may know the Word of God. When you're dead and gone, if you do your job, fathers, the Word of God and the glory of God goes on in the next generation. So what do we need to remember from all of these things that we've learned today? Well, I have several things that I want to spend, and I understand what time it is. I do. But this is very important. Eternity hangs on this. And we must all hear it. And I want it recorded so that it's been said. Number one, angry children resist the truth of God's Word and His ways. Dad, can't hear what you're saying because of the way you're living. Mom, can't hear what you're saying because of the way you're living. Well, I just pray to God my kids will get right with God. Boy, if you talk to them like that, I don't know.
Did you know that the wrath of, of, the wrath of man never accomplishes the righteousness of God? Did you know that? Lovingly nurture, nurturing your children and nourishing them that they might believe in the Lord Jesus Christ is our lifelong assignment. I never finish as a parent and a grandparent and a great-grandparent with that job. I lovingly nourish the children that God has given to my family. Do you see that portrait? You've got to keep that portrait before your eyes. Pass in your mind across every one of those sweet, blessed children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Pass it. Go through your mind. There they are. The ones God's given you. you. Not my family. Yours. Yours. Lovingly nourishing your children spiritually is done in order that they might be saved and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not going to heaven just because you're spiritual. They must personally believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. And I say number three, your children's spiritual life, and I really should amplify it based on Psalm 78, your children's children's children spiritual life is in your hands. That's how much responsibility God's placed on you as a parent. And you keep trying to turn them over to themselves or to somebody else. No, God gave them to you. They have your name for a reason. Show, teach, and tell your children. Show, teach, and tell. Show, teach, and tell. Your children of the praise, power, and salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. You must keep doing it. You do it in the morning. You do it at night. You set an environment at the house where you talk about the praise and the glory and the salvation of God. You sing together. You talk about God's Word. You can do it in all kinds of ways. For heaven's sakes, you don't have to get an organ and have a church service and pass out hymnals. Friend, be creative. Find ways to set the atmosphere in your home to speak about the glory of God at all times in all the routines of life. You can do it. We've set out in the hallway these tables and we're doing it. All the pastors have worked hard on this together with me and I appreciate these men what they've done. We're bringing suggestions to you so that we can equip you and help you. Go to the website. We're going to give you some links to look at. They're all there for you to help you. I've added two that were not on the screen, but I wanted to say them to you because I want to, I think they're very important for me to say to you as a pastor and my observations about family. You know, as a Pastor, my family's pretty public. That's just part of what goes on when you're a pastor. Pretty much everybody has an opinion about your family and what you do with your family. and Whether they're in good condition or not, everybody pretty much sets. I find it's interesting, a lot of people are worried about my family, but not their own. Just, just an observation. But nevertheless, let me say this to you. Because of this important word, especially to you fathers, about your responsibility to care about your children's souls based on these three principles we've talked about. Listen, I'll say it twice. Uh, there's no regret for godly parents who care for the souls of their children regardless of whether their children ever serve God or not. 
I better say that again. There is no regret for godly parents. Clean hands, pure heart. If you have done everything you can to care for your children's souls, what does that include? Carefully training them, diligently instructing them, setting a loving, nurturing environment for them, doing what the Word of God tells you to do, teaching them the Word of God, exposing them in every way. There's no regret for godly parents, moms and dads, who care about their, the souls of their children, regardless of whether their kids start following God and then stop following God, or... Don't follow God and then follow Him later. Some of you don't get proud because your children follow God right now. Life's a long, long journey. And you must be ready to help them through all the seasons of their life. The other one I would say to you fathers is, because I understand it as a father myself, sometimes we just get worked up. We just need to preach a sermon to everybody. We've got to give them what they need to say. Listen, friend. Listen, my, my dear father, friend. Your job is to nurture your children. It is God's job to save your children. There's a big difference. Set the atmosphere. Set the atmosphere. You like to set rules at the house, then set this rule. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Paul, why didn't you give us more details? Because the Holy Spirit will guide every parent, every father, every mother who's godly to get it done in your family so that your family might be a family of godliness. Now, how do we use this in our life? I hope you'll take some of these family challenges and consider them as we go. As a family, perhaps this week, you could, at all ages of your kids, find three ways that you could follow God's teachings this week or that you are. In other words, just talk to your Boys and girls and your students and say, well, what are some ways we're obeying God as a family? It's a great discussion because you also hear what your children understand or don't understand about obeying God. That's our job, to train. You don't have to have them learn the whole Bible. Some people say, I've got to teach my kids all the theology of the Bible. Okay, but just slow down. Just one, time, one thing at a time. Just one thing at a time. That's why you... Walk with them, you go to bed, you get up, you do it every day. He's given you some days of life. Use them wisely in the spiritual development of your children. Not their, not their athletic development. Not their musical development. Not their intellectual development. Not their fitting in at school development. Their spiritual development. Do you, do you desire for your kids just to be good, nice kids? Do, do you just want your kids to be successful, nice kids? Or do you want your kids to be godly kids? There is a big difference. And the way you set the training up in your family, spiritually, sets the tone on what you're going to get at the end. So as parents, maybe today's the day. This is your day. I'm calling you back. We're in this time of call together for family discussion. Perhaps today, moms and dads, that's the best way. If it's a mom and a dad, if it's not, if you're the mother and you have to do this, and you, you need to talk with your own parents about it, find somebody to talk with you about this. Evaluate how you're doing in nurturing, 
training and instructing your children. You need, you need to do an evaluation. I'm not talking about, some of you are saying, well, I'm done and they're all doing good. You're, you're missing the point. You never stop doing this. Regardless of how good you think your kids are doing. Whatever you think good is. It ought to be what God says is good. While I'm at it, surely you care about what God thinks are the most important things for your child, not what you think are the most important things. And finally, as a family, talk about the love of God that sent the Lord Jesus Christ to save sinners like me. Talk about Jesus. Talk about the Lord Jesus when you get up. Talk about the Lord Jesus when you go to bed. Post a saying of the Lord Jesus, some of His words on your refrigerator. Send them a text to your kids. Only, I mean, for heaven's sakes, they all have a phone. They're bumping into walls and smashing into cars and everything else because they got phones. What's so important on... I can't even start my... Is the president calling all these people? What is the most important? Put down your phones. Turn off your TVs. And talk. <laughs> it's an amazing thing what happens when you look into the eyes of another person. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. By the way, you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their absence. You may force them to be there, but they're not there if they're angry. You got to take care of that. Fathers, you got to take care of that. Some of you need to take care of it today. The reason why your family can't be godly is because you've got this issue of anger between you and your kids. You got to deal with it. You're the man, deal with it. Step up and deal with it as a man of God. Do what you're supposed to do. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. That's not your job. Nurture them. That's your job. Nurture them in the training of God's ways and the instruction of His Word.